share with you verse of scripture, a text that we're familiar with, preached from several times, and I just want to return there just for a moment this morning to share a thought with you, and we'll find that in the Old Testament prophetic book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verse 3. You know the story all too well, Ezekiel 37, we're going to read just verse 3. Amen. Ezekiel 37, verse 3, the word of God reads, It's my first time ever being a heart. Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. I want to talk to you this morning briefly from the thought, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. Let us pray. Father, we honor you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, O God, for your word. It's everlasting. Father God, we thank you for your word that is the incorruptible seed of God. Father, I pray now as I surrender to you, I am your vessel, your instrument. Use me, O God. Speak through me. Glorify your name as I humble myself. In Jesus' name, amen. It's bigger than me. One of the things that we can take from this immediately is that we see that God, in this particular text, is calling us, causing us to see a thing which he plans to do, and he's going to use his prophet to bring this message to the people. God uses man as an instrument or a vessel, a vehicle, a messenger to the people. God can do things, and he is doing things all by himself, but in the earth realm, as he has established even from the beginning, that he's given us dominion to move and to do in the earth realm. And so what he does is that he calls man, and he gives man the assignment to carry his message to his people. And it doesn't matter what state they're in when the messenger sent by God is sent there, the situation is able to change. The situation will change because of the word of God. It's the word of God. It's the message of God that causes the movement. Amen. It's the word of God that causes the awakening. You can be the living dead and God can give you a word and cause you to live again. Amen. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? Hidden in that is the vision, the assignment of God to his prophet Ezekiel. Do you think that God would ever ask you to do something that you can't do on your own? If you've ever been assigned anything from God, if you're in this room today, or if you, maybe you don't feel like you even measure up or qualify, if God has ever told you something to do, it's definitely something you cannot do on your own. Faith in God will stretch you to go beyond what you're naturally able to do on your own. When your assignment is truly from God, it's going to always be bigger than you. Somebody shout amen. amen. It will stretch you to go beyond your natural abilities because without him, we can do nothing. Naturally, I will slap you after you first slap me the first time. They ain't turning no cheeks. But because of God, 
we learn how to be obedient to the word of God. A lot of people, when you lie on them one time, they don't want to have anything else to do with you. But because they're on assignment from God, they've learned how to forgive you. Everything God is called to do is bigger than you, and in your natural self, you cannot do it by yourself. Ask Noah, and when God gives you an assignment, can you do it on your own? Noah was called to build an ark when there was no sign of rain or a flood, and to preach the word to a people who turned a deaf ear to what he was doing. Noah was absolutely laughed at it. It looked crazy what Noah was building and called by God to do, but one day, Come on, somebody. When the door went closed, it was bigger than Noah to open the door. God said, you build it, and I'll cause the animals to have enough intellect to come running two by two and walk into where you have built and designed for them to habitate. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Ask Abraham, will God ever call you to do something you can't do on your own? He told Abraham to leave his homeland, all his family and his country, and to go without a map to a place that he would show him. He even told Abraham to take his only son up to a mountain to sacrifice him. It's something beyond what you're able to do on your own. Gideon, ask Gideon that when you're not even a warrior and when God calls on you, God is not asking you how much and how many and how strong you are. God is saying, I don't need but about 300 of y'all to go and take down the Midianites. Amen. The assignment is always bigger than you. Come here, Joshua. Let's just walk around the walls of Jericho. Don't hit nobody. Don't touch nothing. Just do what I tell you to do, and the walls are going to fall flat. David, run down there and take out Goliath with a slingshot and one rock. It's always bigger than you. If you don't want to be used by God, come on, somebody. You don't 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 go running up on stuff that you think you can take down by yourself. Because the smallest man, you without God, can take you out. If you're going to be used by God, you've got to make up in your mind that this thing is much bigger than me. And God will always set you at a disadvantage because he wants you to understand that without him, you can truly do nothing. You only think you're something when you are nothing without God. When we commit ourselves to believe God and walk in obedience to God, we're not easily shaken. We can, we can rest assured that, that what God has spoken from the beginning of a thing is coming to pass. Amen, somebody. I hope you can hear me this morning. It's going to be quick, but I need you to hear me. What God has spoken from the beginning is coming to pass. It's still coming to pass when you're right in the middle of it and it looks like or seems like nothing he said on your behalf is happening. As a matter of fact, like Joseph, it seems that everything is going in the total opposite direction than what God has called and promised you it would be. Anybody ever had to live through something like that? When God said he was going to heal you and the sicker you got. When God said he was going to bless you and seemed like the more you thought you were blessed, the more you found out that you were walking under something that looked just like a curse. Believer, we have to come to the place where we're without question and absolutely secure before God in Christ. We've got to be secure in what God has said. We've got to be confident no matter what it looks like that if God has spoken a thing, it's coming to pass. Nothing will ever be able to separate me from his love. Do you believe that today? 
God loves you unconditionally and there's nothing nobody can ever do about it. We're confident that God is for us and we're confident that he loves us in Christ. I ain't worried about that anymore. I'm confident that God loves me. I may have messed up sin and jacked up my life, but God still loves me and I'm confident of it. That's what believers know. And we're not convinced when other people are starting to say things about us because now what they're saying, God doesn't remember anymore. The word of God declares to us in Romans 8, 37, that we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're more than conquerors. Romans 8, 37, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. More specifically, it says, no, in all these things. We're more than conquerors. Is that what your Bible says? Through him who what? Loved us. It is a response, if you read that, to a question that was asked in verse 35. Verse 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble separate us? Shall hardship or persecution separate us? Shall famine or nakedness separate us? Danger or sword? And then in verse 37, the response to the question is, no, in all these things, we what things? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword? In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's the word of God. And can anything separate us? No, we're more than conquerors can a crooked government say no whatever they are trying to do no there's no weapon formed against us that's going to prosper what we're witnessing in this hour believers is the inevitable movement of all things towards what god has already spoken Everything is moving in the direction that God has already spoken. In Matthew 24, Jesus gives us a glimpse of things that will come to pass. He says there'll be wars and there'll be rumors of wars. Do you hear that today? Nations are rising against nations, kingdom against kingdom, famines and earthquakes. Then he says, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations. Why? Because of me. You'll know you got it by the way the world starts to treat you. You'll know you know him by the way they'll turn their backs on you and walk away. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. And then he says, verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith. I declare with their church and will betray and hate each other. Do we see that today? Verse 11, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. This standing time, it's bigger than you. This is the time that you need to stand and not doubt or question whether or not the Bible is really true. It's time for you to know what you know and believe what you know. 
no sense in your love growing cold and you starting to hate on each other and all these kinds of things. There's never been a time when witchcraft has been more popular even in the body of Christ than ever before. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. You need ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying into your face, into your ears, what God wants you to see and to know in this hour so you can discern fake prophets that come to deceive many. And see, what we're seeing around the world are all things that are, are not in alignment with the kingdom of God. They're falling apart and they're come becoming useless. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Things that they trusted in five years ago, they're trying to move on to something new. Because those things are collapsing. They're collapsing. They're, they're useless in this kind of economy, in this kind of world. They're useless. What, what we're seeing around the world right now is everything he's already said would happen is coming to pass. Everything God has happened is coming to pass. Don't get confused. Don't be deceived. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it to some of you. But let me just tell you, I don't, I don't want to fill you with doom and gloom. But I'm telling you, this world, I don't know if you're expecting things to just get so easy that you're going to just walk on a bed of roses every day. Let me just tell you, it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. This is the word of God. But you don't have to be afraid. Why? Because you're big. This thing is bigger than you. God is in control of this. Amen. You think COVID was something. There's some more stuff coming, even besides monkeypox. And I find comfort. I find assurance in knowing that God is with me. I find it comforting and assuring to know that he can even raise the dead. I feel good when I think about how he loves me unconditionally. I thank God that through all of my struggles and pain and, and all of my heaviness, and I'm telling you that I've had some very heavy days where I just want to lay down and just intercede and pray for myself and for others. Some heavy days. I, I found out that, that he was using those days and those times, those struggles to strengthen me and to awaken me to something bigger than me. Has God ever shook you to awaken you to something bigger than you? I had to learn to turn a deaf ear to the whispers and turn to the word of God. It, it was his word that lifted me and comforted me, that strengthened me and built me up to keep moving forward. Because just like God spoke from the beginning, all things that are happening in time now, God has spoken a destiny over your life. God has told you exactly what's going to happen to you. You're not going to be defeated. You're not going to be naked and unclothed. You're not going to go hungry. God will take care of you. If his eye is on the sparrow, I know that he's watching over me. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I had to learn. That my struggles were building me up. I had to learn that when people didn't love me or like me, that I'm still right where God has sent me. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Look at somebody and just tell them, keep moving forward. They've done it to you this far. Look at you. Keep moving forward. 
They've done all they could to stop you, to lie on you, and, and to try to just stab you in your back, but keep moving forward. You're still here. It doesn't matter what they did. You made it. You're more than a conqueror. They tried to kill you. They tried to set your life off course. But God said, look at you. You're still here. You're clothed in your right mind. Whatever they left on you, God said, I'm able to lift it off of you. Whatever hole they tried to push you in, watch out because they're going to fall in it before you. Whatever they said, thought that you would lay down and never get up again. God said, I got somebody that understands that my assignment is bigger than them. And they'll go down to a valley. They'll walk through the shadows of death. They'll tap on Lazarus' tomb. They'll, they'll call and stand on the mountain and be transfigured in front of your face because they've been sent by God. They understand that what God said is coming to pass. I may have to walk through fire, sleep in lion's dens, go through a wilderness, but I'm coming out alive and it's all going to be well with my soul. Look at somebody and tell them, you coming out alive and your hands are going to be lifted. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I'm coming out alive and my hands are going to be lifted. Glory to God. Somebody shout, it's bigger than me. My assignment is bigger than me. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray without ceasing. Philippians 4.6 teaches us that in all things we should pray. Prayer does not change God, believer. Prayer does not change God or cause God to just do whatever he's told in prayer. Some of us treat God like he's our child. He got to do exactly what we tell him to do. That's not prayer at all. This is not a dictatorship. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. But prayer draws us into what God sees. Prayer draws us with a listening ear to hear what it is that God is doing. Prayer is what God is saying to you. Prayer strengthens you and prayer gets you in step with what God has already set in motion. There's some things that without prayer I'll run from. There's some things that without prayer I'll never let it rest on me and be a part of it. I say let them die and go to hell God. I'm tired of wrestling with them but God said it's bigger than you it ain't about you I put love in you to love everybody unconditionally whether they pat you on the back tell them that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is still eternal life it's bigger than you there's a lad here with two fish and five loaves of bread look at somebody and tell him but it's bigger than him what God is going to do with that thing is bigger than him. Can anybody hear what the Spirit of God is saying yet? My little bit counts. I may be way out here where some folks said we're going to leave you way out there. But you can't leave somebody that ain't going with you. Come on, somebody. I was built to keep moving forward. My test pushed me forward. God opened some doors for me through prayer that I never would have went through on my own. I realized that every open door is not for me to just run right through. God said, you better pray about that thing because sometimes when they make it real easy for you, they got a trap in there for you to control you with it. But let me just tell you, if you get me down, you better be bad because my God is bigger than me. He knows how to deliver me. He keeps his hands on me. I'll never walk in defeat because I'm more than a conqueror according to the word of my almighty God. Somebody ought to shout, it's bigger than me. 
outnumbered by armies. The giants are bigger than me. The economy is falling down. They raised it. Come on. The interest rate one more time. And all that's bigger than me. But my God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Come on, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. It's bigger than the economy. It's bigger than the stock market. Y'all better hear what I'm telling you this morning. And only prayer can draw you into the mindset to still believe that your bill's going to be paid. To still believe that God's going to make a way out of no way. To still believe that though they slay me yet, I'm going to trust God because I understand and know that it's bigger. My pocketbook didn't get me here. The things I look around in my life, money did not put it there. I thank God for grace and favor. I thank God for mercy that's everlasting. I thank God this morning for health and strength. And the doctor didn't have to medicate me for it. I know a God that can touch something dirty and make it clean and live again. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. We've got to learn how to get in step with God. I got to get off of this because I feel something coming over me this morning. I'm trying to tell y'all something that just when they count you out, you can look to your God and God's got a prophet somewhere and he put a word in his mouth that's going to bring you hope when they feel like there's no hope. He's put a word in his mouth that's going to give you life when death seems to be all around you. He's got a word that's going to restore your joy when it looks like everything is falling apart. Go ahead and laugh and you don't understand it right now. Don't think that you need it right now, but a day is coming when nothing and nobody will and can't help you but God he's the only one I live long enough and been through enough stuff been hurt down depressed been walked over walked away from laughed that looked at like I'm stupid but I tell you God was training me strengthening me and filling my mouth and my heart with a word come on somebody I don't have to do it like you I can do it the way God told me to do it and still be blessed have you ever been in the word of God and read God's word and God showed you what he wanted to do and what he wanted to do through you and how he said the believer should fare in the scriptures? Has anybody ever word, read a word that is very relevant to what they're going through in life? And then all of a sudden a test come and here you are on your knees crying out to the Lord. Here's what I'm facing God but and here's what you said. Lord, somebody ought to hear me this morning. Lord, here's what I'm facing, and here's what you said. Now, which way are you going to go? What are you going to do? Here's what I'm facing, God, but here's what you said. I'm not going to take off. I'm going to stand on the word of God. What God said is still coming to pass. Here's what I'm going through, and God, here is what you said. Lord, you promised me that I am going to overcome. You said I'm going to only be above and not beneath, but it seems like I'm beneath. Every time I turn around, you told me I was going to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field but no matter where I go it seems like trouble seems to always find me but I'm going to stand on the word yes I'm blessed yes I'm better than blessed come on somebody come on the, the, the wealth and prosperity don't follow me though it looks like I'm poor yet I'm rich why because in my father's house there are many mansions Come on, I got another home. I got another place. I, there's something that God has promised me that he set right before me. Here, Lord, here is what I'm facing. And here's what you said. Look at somebody say, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. 
Look, they, 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 it ain't coming up against you because you belong to God. It's coming up against God. If you don't believe me, take any one of these little kids in here right now that belongs to a good mama. They call them mama bears and just start messing with them. And I'll show you something. That smile that you see, that gentleness that you see, you will see a change of countenance come over them like somebody just put a mask on them. You want to see Wendy Williams go off, start messing with Zach right now. And I promise you, you'll see, you'll see some stuff come out of her. She knows how to take care and protect her own. And let me just tell you, you might be messing with the kid, but the fight's bigger than the kid. Don't get it twisted. You messing with the little one, but the fight is bigger than you. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The fight is bigger than him. Y'all just move. I don't want to wear nobody's stuff. I got something for him, and I know that it's going to work. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Somebody shout, it's bigger than you. You got to understand that. I'm talking to somebody right now this morning. This thing is bigger than you. And see, and when we yield to what God has said concerning our issue, has anybody ever been to that place where you've got realized that here's what you're facing, but here's what God has said. And God is forcing you to hold on and to stand on to that word. Hold on to the word of God. Plant your feet on it and hold on. I don't care how sick they get. Hold on to what God said to you. The believer will remember what God has already spoken and find peace and comfort in those times. They'll find, they'll find assurance in the word of God during tests and trials. Finding comfort in the word of God when you're going through the test of life. Life will happen, praiser, worshiper. Life will happen. And it's during those times, those tests and trials, that you need a word to stand on. Or you begin to prophesy your own outcome because of the way you feel and the way you look and the way people treat you. You will start saying that you are what they think you are. I can't hear nobody. You don't ever have to reduce yourself to start saying out of your own mouth what people are saying about you. You better understand that you have somebody that's saying something about you that carries a whole lot more weight than what these little small minds are running around thinking they know about you. Look, you can see a whole lot more if you just go on and open the door rather than trying to peep through the hole. See, you can see, look, I, there's a certain way that I'm standing when you peeping through the hole that you can't see all of me, so you don't really know who it is. Won't you just open the door? Y'all don't hear me. God is saying, open the door, because I'm bigger than that. You only see my hand. You only see my eye. I'm bigger than that. While you peeping at him, he said, look and see. Why do you think he want our eyes open? So we can see. Anybody in here hear what the Spirit of God is saying? Facing those tests and facing those trials. But I know what God has said. <laughs> and there's some people that are facing trials, that are facing tests. They know what God has said, but they don't believe what God has said. They, they seem to put God on trial. <laughs> they, they, their prayer life, if you listen, they're putting God on trial. God is not on trial doing your trials. We are. He's put your faith to the test. He's already proven that he's faithful. 
He woke you up this morning. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all ate some, ate some salmon and eggs this morning before you got here. Done had some biscuits, been out in the garden. I mean, God, he woke you up this morning. I mean, come on. No, you don't have to put God to the test. God is faithful. I just need one witness in here that down through the years, anybody can just witness with me that God has been faithful. Listen, even when I wasn't, he was always faithful. When I failed and knew I was falling, when I sinned willfully, he was still faithful. Some of us think that we've lived so perfect that we can peep through Sister Annie's window and look at all the stuff going on in her life and forget about what's going on in our life. Because for some reason it makes some people feel like they are more holy and closer to God when they can point out everybody else's sin. But what I'm saying, I'm covered by the blood. You ain't seeing what you really think you see. Huh? You, you've got something over your eyes that all you can see is sin and death. But I see life. Just like this, when God looks at us, he sees life. Why? Because we're in Christ. The curse is broken off your life because you're in Christ. Now you can walk under it as long as you want to, but God has already broken the curse off your life. Okay. That doesn't mean what you assume people until they become sensitive. To, what, to where they're bound and limited and they want to go farther. Then they'll realize that there's something that's been built up around them that's hindering and stopping them from going all the way into what God has called them to. Amen. You got you to get over that. Stop putting God on trial. When you're going through your testing trials, know that God is still faithful. But God, you promised me so and so and so. And you know what? You said this, and I, and I trusted you like he lied to you, let you down already. And then just about 10 minutes later, when everything lifts, here you go shouting again. That's superficial and fake because you don't really trust God anyway. All you wanted was a little bit of happiness. But in this life, sometimes you're going to have to suffer. Okay. Speak in tongues, pray in tongues, twist, shout back, fall down, get up and run, everything. You're going to have to suffer. You're going to have some troubles. Everybody's not going to like you. Stop trying to please everybody. If you can get to pleasing God, I promise you it'll be easier to please everybody else. Because he told us right here, because of him, they're not going to like us. Because of him, we're going to be persecuted. Because of him. And you know, it, got to, it has to make people feel bad when they've been trying to squeeze your neck, but somehow you're still alive. It, it, makes, it, it makes people really, really mad. You know, we see seeing Javante out there on the field just running. They trying their best to tackle him, but he keep breaking loose. They're all up under something. And he come out still running. It makes them mad. So they line up again thinking, okay, I'm going to get him this time. And he'd do another stop on him. I saw one game one night that Russ could seem like somebody cut off a light and cut it back on. He stopped so quick and went the other way. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it makes the devil mad when he's trying to get you, but he can't catch you. I mean, if you don't believe it, let, let him go right there right now and just take his hand and slap Robin right across the back of his halfway ball. I mean, mm, right across the back of his head. And then run. He ain't going to catch you. He is not going to catch you. 
<laughs> He'd be on wagon wheel all the way down to the end. He brought me. I'm going to get you. <laughs> and that's how the enemy is after you, believer. When you worship God, when you praise God, when you lift up your hands in spite of what you're going through. And even though he was trying to snuff you out with it, God protected you and shielded you. And there's nothing he can do to steal your joy that he didn't give you and he can't take it. He can't snuff your life out because if you die, God going to raise you from the dead. He's already defeated. And so he's mad because he can't get you. See, we're living in a time of testing and refining, a spiritual shaking and separating that's causing many superficial believers to be shaken out. Y'all hear me? That they're falling away from the faith. God, his assignment for their lives, and, 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 they're, and they're leaving the house of God. They placed it on the bottom of their list of priorities. Many have pulled away from church without notice and, and some are barely hanging on with lukewarm hearts. It's a spiritual shaking. It's an awakening. It's awakening us to make us aware of our true position and condition in God. See, there was a time you could come and play, but you realize that from the shaking, it ain't no playtime. No, can't play no more. You now see that life is serious. Life is serious. When I was, when I was Preston's age, man, I didn't, I didn't think I could ever hurt anywhere. Strong, whatever it was my daddy was trying to live, I could just go pick it up because, you know, I was strong. Hmm? And one didn't look like I was strong, but I was strong. They, I was like John Henry or somebody. <laughs> Looks can be deceiving. I can show y'all some pictures of me. I ain't always been this frail, old, gray-haired, half-bald little fella. Huh? Me and Sister Woodruff ran with the best of them. We had some big afros. Shoot, I would have a so long we could wear two picks in our head. Y'all don't know what real picks are. I'm talking about them picks with the handles on to tie up all your jeans. By the time you get home, you got holes everywhere. You tore it up. Pick your hair with it. Kids don't know nothing about that now. Y'all think you? I mean, I, I, I thought, Sister Annie, I'm gonna tell you right now. I thought I was just everything. The coke. You know, they used to call them short Coca-Colas and then king size. You know, I, I was the king size Coca-Cola. The chips, we ain't know nothing about dips. <laughs> but I was the whole kit and cabane, according to me. But I kept on living. And all them hard hits on the football field, <laughs> on the basketball court, I feel them now. Huh? I felt, see, they don't think we ever been there, Sister Annie. They don't know you wearing them culottes and, 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 and doing the bump and all that kind of, whatever y'all were doing, the Watusi. They, don't, they think that you always walked slow and, and was just like, no, Sister Annie was the thing out here. <laughs> she was the thing. One of the kids, she was the plug. <laughs> Listen, it's important. Y'all make me do this stuff. 
It's important. No matter what is added or taken away from your life, that you don't lose focus on eternal things. If there's something that has been taken away from you recently, let me encourage you by telling you, don't sweat over material things. Continue to focus on eternal things. Those are the things that are of real value. Those are the things that really matter. I'm getting to my text. I know you wonder, what is he talking about? Those things that are eternal can't be shaken. They can blow up everything. Fires can burn all kinds of, 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 of land and acreage. But your house has never, ever, ever will be burned by fire. It's there, undisturbed, just waiting on you to get home. And see, listen, after this spiritual shaking, the only thing that's going to be left are those things that cannot be shaken. Those things that will remain. You understand? After the church has been shaken, the only thing that will remain are those that couldn't be shaken. When life couldn't get the best of their praise. When life couldn't steal their worship, their encouragement to keep going couldn't get sick enough to stop praying and just lay down and give up. No. After the shaking stops, just still thanking God and giving God glory for good health. Anybody hear what I'm saying? See, God's promise of restoration seemed impossible in light of Israel's present condition. You know that this text that we're talking about from Ezekiel 37, the Valley of Dry Bones, he's talking about Israel's state, their current state. And see, God is talking to Ezekiel, and he's letting us eavesdrop, and he, the promise of restoration is coming from God through a vision to Ezekiel. And it seems impossible in light of Israel's current condition. They were in bad shape. They were dead as a nation. They were deprived of their land. They, their, their king and their temple, they couldn't get home. They, they had been divided for so long that unity and restoration seemed impossible. So God gave the prophet Ezekiel this vision of the valley of dry bones as a sign to reveal their condition and their state of mind. Your state of mind is very important while you're going through in this hour. He gave him this. It was a state of their condition and a state of the, and a state of the, the mindset they had. And it was a sign of what he was about to do. He was giving Ezekiel his assignment for the people. You've read it. God transported Ezekiel by the spirit into, in a vision, so to speak, to a valley that was full of dry bones. And he directed Ezekiel in this situation to speak to the bones. Who talks to bones? Somebody say it's bigger than you. See, Ezekiel was to speak to the bones and tell them that God would make breath enter them and they would come to life. Talking to bones, y'all. 
Just as in the creation of man, when he breathed life into Adam in the second chapter of Genesis, Ezekiel obeyed God. And those bones came together, flesh developed, and skin covered the flesh. Breath entered the bodies, and they stood up as an army. This vision symbolized the whole house of Israel. In captivity. Like unburied skeletons. Notice we're talking about people who were still alive. But in captivity. But in the vision of God. He says this is their true state. The whole house. They are dry bones. In their mind they're already defeated. I told you you're more than conquerors. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what it looks like. You got to see this thing the way God has said it. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, they, they, they were skeletons in their own mind. They were in a state of living death. That sounds like any churches to you. They thought their hope was gone. And they were cut off forever. They felt their nation had died from the Babylonians' attack with no hope of resurrection, no hope of ever being restored. Has anything ever made you feel like that? But God had a plan. Their future was beyond what they were thinking concerning themselves. And that's just like you. Your future is beyond what you are thinking for yourself. God has greater plans for you. You're settling for these because it appears that you have enough natural strength to do that. You will choose to study a subject that you think you already have the natural capacity to deal with that subject. But when God gives you a subject to study, it's going to be something that's going to require you to pray and study longer, to go a little deeper, to stick out like a sore thumb. It's going to cause you to go through some failures. I know some of y'all scared of failure, but you're going to have to go through some. It's a part of the reviving process. God was giving Ezekiel a vision of a revival for some dry bones. Ezekiel got a word of revival to a people who were dry and a mindset that they were already dead and defeated. I never had to preach to folk like that before. Ezekiel, I feel your pain. Hello. To folk who already feel like they are defeated. But superficially, they can act like they win. But as soon as they leave church, can't get enough pills in them. Can't turn up enough to feel joy. Some folk feel that God can't help them. Matter of fact, there's some folk that will come to church and they still wrestle with the fact whether God is really real. Because in order for God to be real, everybody they know got to be real. Let me tell you something. If you never meet a real person, let me tell you, God is real. And you know what? He's going to be real with you. 
He's not going to tell you what you want to hear. He's not going to give you assignments that you can do. He's going to give you something that's bigger than you. Because he's God. And see, what we're doing as a nation is that we're just softening our noses at God. We're turning up our noses to God like we don't need God. We're a wealthy nation. You know, we, we're the most wealthiest nation in the world. We're the strongest military in the world. So was Egypt. So was Rome. But where they at? Jesus walked one man flat-footed and looked at all of them and said, look at all of this. He said, it's going to all fall. He said, now look at me. I'm going to fall. But give me three days. And I'm going to be rebuilt. Ezekiel was getting a vision of revival for a people with a mindset that thought that nothing else could be done relative to their current state. There are some people who sit amongst you who feel like that if they don't do it, if they don't get tapped, if they don't get caught, if they sit down, that the whole thing is going to fall apart and die. Let me just tell you. God can raise up one of these little kids. If it's the plan and the purpose of God to sustain the work of this ministry at this address, he'll raise up a kid. He'll call a drunk. He'll call the drug dealer out of the neighborhood. Come on, somebody, because that's what God does. He's not like the religious church looking for somebody with all kinds of accolades and somebody that looked like there was a preacher since they were five. God causes the one that was sleep under the shade tree full of wine and liquor. He calls the one whose life had been full of trouble and everybody know that he was crazy and he cleans them out and they wonder, where did he go to school? How did he learn that? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the work of God. It's bigger than your vote. It's bigger than your consent or approval. Everything and everybody we need to sustain work of ministry that can be a part of the vision and the work of God, they're already here. And if they're not, God will send them because his work will not go undone. God's plan for Israel's future. Hmm. Somebody say it was a reset. <laughs> God's plan for Israel's future while they were laying in that valley of dry bones separated and scattered all over everywhere and in captivity God was revealing to his man, his prophet, a message of reset to Ezekiel. And what Ezekiel was to do. See, the vision reveals that, that Israel's new life is going to depend on God's power and not their circumstance. God's power and not whether the Babylonians are going to vote and decide to let them go. No, you can't hold what God has made free. When God says, let my people go, the more you try to hold them, the freer they're going. And they're not going to run out. They're going to walk out while you run behind them and you won't be able to catch them. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? God can deliver you so far away from a thing that everybody will forget that you were ever in it. Come on, somebody. See, now their new life is going to depend on the power of God and not their circumstance. 
As they stood when he spoke to them, when he did what God told them to do. At one point in the revival, they stood, they stood up, but they still didn't have no breath in them. And so God began to say, look, it's not going to do them any good to just form themselves to look like a body, just to look like they can do it and look like an army. No, I need, this, I need my spirit in them. As they stood with no breath in them, putting breath in them by, by God's spirit, showed that God would not only restore them physically, but God was going to do a spiritual thing in them. See, it's not enough for you to get off physically your sick bed, but God is saying, now I want you to get out and get over this spiritual sickness, this thing that's in your mind that's going to cause you to lay there again and think that you can't get well. I bind every spirit that's in you right now telling you that you're going to die with whatever you're hurting from. I bind that devil that's on assignment from the pits of hell telling you you're never going to get over this. The medicine can't help you. None of this. No. I bind it because it is a mind. The spirit of God breathes on you and can cause you to live and outlive any disease. Can y'all hear what I'm saying? It's God that's made us and he built within us something called an immune system. God can cause your body to fight all manner of diseases even without a vaccine or a booster. Now, my booster is what Ezekiel said. My second booster is what Ezekiel said. My third booster is going to be what Ezekiel said. God said, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, Lord God, it's bigger than me. All you got to do is tell me what to say and I'll expect to see it come to pass. Dry and scattered, just tell me what to say. See, really hurrying on here, we, we, we take God's creative potential for granted. We take God's creative move for granted. God has the ability to make something out of nothing. God knows how to cause things to happen in your favor and for his glory. You hear what I'm saying? Listen, God has things. He, God can cause things to happen in your favor. That's unexplainable to somebody bigger than you, somebody faster than you, somebody stronger than you. God can cause things to happen to you and put you right there. And it won't work unless you're in it. Okay. Okay. God wants to be glorified in this realm with you having an obedient heart. Can listen, can we stand to see what God shows or reveals to us and remain free and usable and not get bound up in what God has shown us in the vision with all kinds of hate and hopelessness. Some God knows what to show you and who to show it to. Everybody can't see stuff that you see. Everybody, look, those dreams are not meant for everybody because it's going to entrap some folk. They can't stand to see a valley of dry bone because they're going to start saying all opposite of what God is saying. Come on, somebody. God was full of grace before you knew you needed grace. God loved you unconditionally when he already knew you were going to sin. He'd already made a play. He'd already made a way for you to get out of what you were about to violate. Before you knew that what sin was, he already planned a, a, a way back to him. He's already planned that he was going to forgive you. I'm so glad God didn't look at me in my mess and let me stay there. Thank God he hadn't given up on me. 
Thank God that he gave me something that when I see the valley of dry bones, I'll say, Lord, this thing is bigger than me. Thank God he sent me to a church that when I see slopefulness, when I see folk who are unconcerned, when I see folk that are disconnected and don't care about the work of God, I'm so glad that he gave me a message for dry bones. I'm glad that God gave me a hope that nobody could take away from me. You can protest, walk away, talk about, laugh at, everything you want to. You're going to see it grow up to be what God has called it to be. Because it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? What if God waited till everybody was perfect before he sent Jesus to come among us? What if Jesus would have just let Peter sink and said, that's what you get for taking your eyes off me? Come on, somebody. What if Jesus would have took two fish and pulled out two people and, 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 and said, now you three come over here and we just going to let y'all eat. Now you see, I love y'all. See, a lot of folk are clicking up right now working against you. Speaking against you, planning to leave you out of something, planning to look over you, walk over you. But I promise you, if you do what God says to do, if you stay faithful, when even people look and laugh and say it ain't going to be nothing, it's never going to come of anything, you stay faithful. You keep trusting God because it's bigger than you. You, you Look, they are part of the team of teachers and training that you've got to go through in order for God to develop a kind of strength in you to do what he's called you to do. It's a test of refinement for me, baby. That's shaking you doing for me. When you get through shaking, I'm going to still be standing there talking about what I'm talking about. Getting ready to go, go glorify God. Still going to shout glory. Still going to pray. Still going to rebuke devils. Still going to rejoice and be glad in every day God gives me to live in the light of the sun. Can you handle the real assignment God has given you? Can you really handle the real assignment? See, all we know in the church is that when somebody say they've been called, they've been called to stand back here. <laughs> we, we don't see any other callings. You know, th th this is the thing right here. You know, because there's some people that it's about them. You know, it, it's not about serving the people. Listen. If it was about me, I would have been gone 20 years ago. Can you serve people that don't like you? Don't come back here. Can you serve people that talk trash and junk about you while you're praying for them? Don't come back here. Everybody don't like you. Can you really handle the real assignment God has for you? Ain't everybody ain't posting good things about you on Facebook. I, I, I don't care if you post the longest prayer, cursing every devil, and praying the healing and deliverance over every, everybody that you that reads your post, not gonna like you. They ain't gonna some some folk might just just unhook you. Just, I ain't we don't want to be friends no more. I'm blocking you. Because you're talking too much about God. Why don't you put something else up there? See, because when you start messing with the real deal, the thing that's going on in them, all they know to do is come and attack you. See, can you handle the real assignment that God has for you? Not the one that only makes you popular. Not the one that all the world accepts. Not the one where you never have to suffer. Not the one where you only see people with real, genuine, smiling faces, if there are any. I'm talking about when God shows you the real deal, the spiritual state we're really in. 
not what we appear to be, not what it looks like they're doing and saying they're glorifying God, but the real dead and divided, defeated, hopeless, and dry state they're really in, and you are the messenger for the day. <laughs> Who wants to come and talk to a people in that state except they are sent by God and know that it's bigger than them. <laughs> they got the audacity to ask you, I mean, if they can live again. God, you're asking me if they can live again after you done shown me all of this. Man, there ain't no way I want to pastor that church. I mean, you ever looked at these game shows, Let's Make a Deal and all that? And let's just say they got, they used to have some doors and stuff. You know, you choose this and then you choose that or whatever. You don't know what's back there. But in this case, he done pulled up the doors. And on this side, you see a brand new whatever kind of car it is you really want. Dripping new. Paint ain't hardly drawn it yet. And over here, you see something that it don't even resemble a car. But they said it was a car. Now, which one are you going to choose? God's going to choose the one that everybody said wasn't a car. But in you, you're going to choose, man, I'm running. Y'all crazy. You see that? You see, man, what's wrong with you? Because it's bigger than you. When that one breaks down, this one is going to sail on by because it's running off of a word. When gas gets so high for you and you got to get that premium unleaded at $5 and some change a gallon, this one is running off a word. So which one are you going to choose? Yeah, after the fact that you know that you're going to just go about 200 miles and you're going to be done. You're going to look good, parked. And that's the kind of ministry some people want to be a part of. One that looks good, but ain't running off no word. They look good parked. They look good while they sitting in there. Because nobody is calling on them to do anything. But as soon as somebody tapped them to do something, then they re oh, no, uh-uh, I, I, I can't work with them. Because you know what? The last time I was, uh-uh. But, 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 but didn't you just say that God was going to use you? If Jesus would have waited till all the sick were healed, Lazarus died, got up by himself. You know, everybody in the wilderness was hungry, had time enough to plant a garden, some tomatoes and some butter beans, lime beans, and kill some chickens before he came. Come on. I mean, if you're anointed and trained to be a doctor, guess what you're going to see? Everybody what? Sick is coming to you. Your anointing, what's on your life, is an indication of the people that gravitates to you. You're, you're calling the ministry, the eye, the, the, the vision you see gives you some insight for your assignment from God. If you can't say what he said to it, then it's going to stay there. Ezekiel couldn't go into a state of depression and say, look, wait a minute, I need to go see Luke because 
I need some pills for depression. God, you done depressed me showing me all of this. That's really how they look? I would have been on five different types of depression medication if I didn't trust God. Just from these few minutes that I've been here. This morning. <laughs> See, y'all thought I was talking about all the years. <laughs> When I got up this morning, I had a head full of hair, didn't I, baby? <laughs> as soon as I got in here. <laughs> Depending on how God wants to use you and how you will yield to him, God can cause these bones to live. Why? Because the assignment is bigger than you. Can you give God praise today? <laughs> God is revealing the kind of fight and assignment to you that even though the odds seem to be stacked against you, God has given you a prophetic word of, a, a, that, that you win. And I want you, even while you're in the middle of the fight, while you're in the middle of the battle, to know that you're more than a conqueror. Yes. Even when it looks like it continues to get the best of you, know that God has another plan, a revival, a reset just for you. And it's been a long time. It seems like everything around you have dried up and died. And it's like everything is just is, is out of place and out of order. Let me just tell you, after the shaking, don't be discouraged if your buddy didn't make the shake. You got to understand that everybody that you have surrounded yourself with are not necessarily rooted and grounded in God the way that you are. Some people will come up to you and they will mimic everything you're doing. It's like those two men that built those houses. Maybe one of them was just mimicking the other one, but he forgot to get down to the foundation and deal with that. Amen. That's why people fall so quick. This thing, the storms of life is bigger than you. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than the economy. It's bigger. It's bigger than the interest rate. Much bigger. It is a divine work of God to promote you and to develop you in a state to where you know that God had to put you there and that God had to do it because you by yourself could not have ever done it. Never would have made it. That's a real true song. Amen. It's bigger than me. Everyone stand on your feet now. Amen. I thank God for you. I thank God for your patience this morning. I thank God for your ears to have heard what it is that God was speaking to us through this simple question that God was giving Ezekiel to birth his assignment and work with this vision. Can these bones live? Lord, it's bigger than me, but I'll take the assignment. And God began to tell him, prophesy, say this to that. Whenever you cling to the word of God, whenever you are committed to being obedient to God, you will see things starting to reset in your life. Many of you are in states and in areas of your life right now that, that, that really, a few years ago, a lot of people never would have thought that you would, have be, that you would be where you are now. They had already said you were going to end up in a different place. But God kept you covered. God kept you covered. He kept those who really wanted to harm you away from you. And folk that got to you and thought they hurt you, they only helped you because now you're serious about life. 
you you've been you've been forced you've been pushed and thrust over into an area of life now to where you're forced to give attention to everything around you God has awakened you and given you an eye of discernment to know that everybody that draws close to you is not there to help you people now have to earn your trust because they betrayed your trust you know you you it's going to be hard to deceive you again because now this thing have made you wise you're wiser than most adults God has allowed it for a good thing. Romans 8, 28 tells us, and we know, how many folk know, that all things work together. You may have shut that door. You may have caused me to leave this situation, but I stepped into something better. That was God's way of moving me. It is a complete and total reset. Another chance. Do you understand? Do you receive the word of God? Amen. I want to pray for you. If there's someone here today who wants to give their life to Christ, or if you're in a situation and you want to repent today, we, you don't have to come here to be seen and looked at by others to repent, not because you're ashamed, but you can repent where you are. What do you mean, Pastor, repent? It means that whatever wrong way you were going, that you're saying, Lord, my heart has been convicted. Lord, forgive me. I'm turning from that way, and I'm headed in your direction. Lord, fix me. Help me. To make the right decision. Help me. To stand against all the wows of the devil. And I hear God saying, I'm building you. I am giving you the type of structure that will remain standing through this hour of shaking. This hour of shaking. There's some people that are spiritual enough to understand what I'm saying. It is an hour of shaking. And when the shaking stops, you'll still be standing because you've been built in God. Standing on the word of God. Listen, stop neglecting the word of God. Oh, this, I, well, you say, well, this is an iPad. It's not a Bible. I've got all kinds of Bibles in here. Stop neglecting it. Because the more you neglect this, the more off course your life is. You're going to take the wrong step, the wrong turn. And it takes, trust me when I tell you this, it takes years to get things back in alignment, back in order. Sometimes years. I thank God for every heart that has repented this morning. I thank God for this rebirth, this reset, this renewing that's taking place in this very hour. But what we can't see with our eyes or hear with our ears, God knows every heart in this place. I trust God that things will never be the same for you. I trust God today that things will never be the same for you. That you won't so easily walk off and defect in ways of sin, entrapments. That, you, that, that, that the strings 
the heartstrings of the word that you know will pull you. It'll be harder for you to just submit to what you know is wrong. Help us, God. Without you, we can do nothing. Strengthen us. Open our eyes. Wake us. Enlighten us. Empower us. Give us the assignment for our lives. We believe that you are real. I need hands lifted and just shout, Lord, I believe that you are real. I believe you are real. I believe in God. Come on, open your mouth and say, I believe in God. Let, let everything, let your whole being hear you say, I believe in God. You know why that's so important right now? Because out of the fake and false teachings that are going to arise in this time, you're going to need to know who God is and what you believe concerning God. There's nobody who will volunteer this morning to go to hell. You will not make that decision voluntarily. You'll have to be deceived and tricked and duped to go. I'm telling you, the way of life is found in the word of God. Amen. I thank God for every one of you. I thank God for the healing, the restoration, the plans that he has set for you. And it shall come to pass. And there's nothing the devil can do to stop it. There's nothing the devil can do to stop it. It has been set in motion by the word of God, and the enemy cannot stop it. He's mad. He's chasing you, but he can't catch you. Amen. Amen. We rejoice because it's bigger than us. Amen. There are a few announcements this morning, and then after that, you may be seated. A few announcements, and then we're going to receive our offering, and then we'll be ready to dismiss. Good morning. Following your, uh, your announcements, please govern yourselves accordingly. Lady Harper and the Chatterbox have planned a trip to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, August 26th through 27th, and we will be returning August 28th. The cost is $88 per person. Today, we ask that all of those, who, all of you who are going to please pay at least half or the full amount today. And then the rest of it is due by August 14th. Vacation Bible School will be held Wednesday, August 3rd for one night only this year. And it will be held at 7 p.m. Sister Natasha wants to speak with us.